Mandy presents Truth Source. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Mandy's Truth Source with me, Andy, and Michael Padre. Matty D. Matthew Driscoll. Matty D. Um, <laughs> I threw you there, didn't I? Listeners, this is his first introduction and uh, it's going well so far. Sorry, Andy. It takes me back to my old uh, metal DJ days, just with. Uh, oh, we're going to have to do a separate episode about that. Yeah, that's a whole I, different I'm sure topic, there yeah. are stories. Yeah, I'm sure there are stories. stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yeah. So, welcome back, everyone. Hopefully, um, if you've not heard any other of our podcast episodes please go back and check out the earlier ones uh from this hopefully that will give you something that you'll you know some food for thought and um some entertainment for the short period of time that it'll be but yeah our, our podcasts are generally about sort of 20 minutes to maybe half hour something like that so we try yeah, and keep things yeah. entertaining for everyone and just kind of um go th- go through some fun topics today's topic is uh ufo crash retrieval uh with a sprinkling of um reverse engineering man is that right i think i've got that right so that's uh... <laughs> absolutely sprinkling peppering whatever you want to say because there's there's the two topics are so intrinsically linked and this is definitely something you and i have talked quite a bit about actually and um i mm-hmm. think we're going to we're going to start with some references of some of, of at least one book um but you know for the for the for the intrepid listeners on this journey um, it's definitely a a topic that's that's hot in the uh, the media at the moment, and everything that's going on with Rush, the op-ed, and everything that's going to be released in the hopefully the next couple of months. And um, yes, it's quite timely, isn't it? I think so. I think it's really timely. I mean, this goes back. We're going to talk about this in more detail, but it goes back to Roswell, of course, the most famous kind of you know crash. Um, whichever way you want to put that, the kind of cover up associated with that, and anything else. Um, but there's stuff that happened before that, uh, and some of that has been alluded to in, mm. for example, Grush's um, recent, more recent interviews uh, with yeah. Joe Rogan and others. Um, so we're going to talk about sort of Magenta and some of the other things that might come out. Um, and this is just a topic that you could you could have a whole podcast about. Uh, so we're going to try and keep things, I guess, to the crunchy big bits and we're going to reference um colonel corso's Mm. book a fair amount matt and maybe talk about a little bit about kind of how that came about in us finding that discussing that and you know give us a bit of an idea of the story definitely so once again this was another book that you you read and you were so you were so taken back by it you wanted to talk to someone about it didn't you and you, you you kind of said to me matt you got to read this so that put me onto this book, and um, I think this one was a phenomenal read. Um, the, the, the day after Roswell, again by um, again the retired Colonel Philip J. Corso. Um, I think it was published just before his death, actually. Um, and wow, just honestly, what what it, it, it definitely serves to give the inside track. Someone who is whose credentials have been. Um, under scrutiny, but proven to be, you know, real. Someone who has very much been in these inner circles, who's navigated the halls of 
you know, these different groups and these different um, organizations and, and particularly um, you know, the, the leadership structure. And some of the stuff that he reveals in this is just, just phenomenal, particularly the project where um, he looks at, was it Foreign Technologies Desk, isn't it? Mm. Where he looks at um, integrating alien tech into existing, or at least at the time, existing R&D projects. But I think at this point, it's really useful to mention that, particularly when you talk about crash retrieval, um, I think there are two main categories of this, aren't there? There's very much the the, the, the biologics, the, 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 the bodies themselves, you know, the anatomy and, and all of that. And then there's the technology. And I suppose you could argue they're both the same thing, but I don't know. I think today we're probably going to focus more around some of the some of the tech. We may talk about the biologics, but I think there's a lot more information in the book, particularly around the technological um, pieces than, than particularly the biologists, even though there are mentioned. But um, yeah. Um, so what do you think of the book, Andy, when you were reading it? It's. Uh, <laughs> I think the book is. I caught you off guard, um, there, didn't I? You I did caught you yeah, off guard, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, there you go. Just, just no, it's. So I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the book. I know there's yeah. a few. You know, if you look at some reviews of the book on Amazon or whatever, some people say, "Oh, you know, it kind of it, it, there was too much sort of hot air being blown up uh, the colonel's um, backside, as it were." Or mm. you know, he kind of suggested it, it did all these things, and there is there's still some jury out for sure mm. on mm. the fact that you know he was such a central part or was he such a central part of some of this mm. well particularly reverse engineering of technology and then exploitation of that technology but there's a couple of things in the book that are um well i mean if i could say like in one or two sentences what the book is fundamentally it's about the fact that phil corso pretty much close to his, his deathbed comes out and says by the way this is what happened with roswell and this is yeah, what happened yeah. with Roswell." And I was kind of involved in getting bits of tech that we managed to get from the crash and then give them out to industry. Now, this is a really key, interesting part, right? Because we're hearing a lot about this at the moment, particularly mm. with um, with what's going on in the US with declarations of military-industrial uh, complex partnerships around some of this retrieval stuff. So that kind of makes you think, okay, well, maybe he was better truth there. And then, and then, and then, industry kind of playing with this stuff, reverse engineering it, trying to come up, you know, exploit this technology, and then mm. come out with something that's going to be, you know, commercially viable. And yeah. some of the things that they come out that he suggests are a consequence of, if I'm not misspeaking, of Roswell, mm. Matt, yeah, 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 are yeah. things like what? Um, well, like I got, goggles. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so. so um, there's a certain part of the book where he talks about um, the specific technology. And I think there's, there's, there's chapters or, or parts of chapters dedicated to each one of these specific technologies. And yeah, you are right. You know, he, he was, he was, he was there connected with what had happened with Roswell. And then years later, when he got that, that role, you know, particularly the foreign technology desk, what he thought was what he was supposed to be doing, but actually it was revealed that his job was to integrate um, this tech into existing, like you said, R and R and D projects, and I think I think you mentioned it on the previous podcast how by using organisations and industry, it's a lot. E- in some ways, it's a lot easier to compartmentalise and keep this stuff secret than it is within government, because obviously government 
a lot of government legislation reports to the people, you know, the, the Freedom of Information Act and, and, and the requests and all that. Um, but the specific technology, that I, I, just a few, I mean, there's many in the book, um, but, you know, fibre optics was one of the ones that was um, cited as um, you know, Alien Tech. The night vision goggles, you know, night vision, I should say, sorry, um, being another technology. Um, lasers. And mm. something that I'm probably haven't quite nailed yet, but laser technology, and and also the one I remember the most about was the integrated circuits and how pretty much the the birth of modern computers, modern modern you know PCs and laptops and even stuff you know on your phones nowadays, that all came from integrated circuits that were from um, retrieved tech from 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 alien craft and and i think he even cites how up until that point um there was no progress there was no real um move forward within that technological space and and, and just out of nowhere came integrated circuits and this is how it was introduced and um yeah i, I mean I, again you know there is a there is a few other fantastic um technological pieces that he talks about in there maybe talks about the um the, the the death laser the death ray maybe talks about that as well and and uh some of the other tech but um really interesting and 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 he describes meetings where he goes to um specific organizations i don't think anyone any of them are actually named but um i may be wrong on that but um he he talks about those meetings and talks about bringing a suitcase and actually opening it out and giving it to the individual and <laughs> you yeah. know i mean obviously the office is back in the day it, 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 it's not um you know i don't think you do it like that now, nowadays but it was um yeah what just a, so interesting what a, what a briefcase yeah yeah, yeah i know right i know, there, I know. There's, there's a piece in there I, I i recall where it's like you know there's a um there's a filing cabinet i think he gets when he gets into oh, this job yeah. of heading up this you yeah. know foreign technology office thinking yeah. you know if anyone else heard foreign technology office or whatever you think okay it's stuff from at that point yeah. in the time yeah. when he was yeah. there Mostly from you'd think from Russia or from Russia from or China. China, yeah, China was yeah, kind China, of yeah. it was probably, I guess, coming up, but was probably not considered as technologically advanced as Russia or somewhere. But um, you know, that included anything that was foreign to the to to, to the US to Earth. It mm-hmm, didn't really. Mm-hmm. So he had this. Yeah. Top, I think it was a top drawer with this filing cabinet, and he suggests that you know the guy who kind of introduced him to his desk basically said like here's a key open it up there's a load of stuff in here kind of that's what you've got to work with or something which is just mind blowing mind blowing stuff oh, you know, like oh, really um so you know i mean uh, I, I guess this is a bit of a theme um i don't want to put words in your mouth matt on this but you know we uh, we kind of want to test ideas here and and kind of see what people are saying and, and mm, kind of see mm. if there's you know does it stand up the thing with with Phil Corso is he actually he did the jobs that he said he did and he's been mm-hmm. investigated thoroughly um and he was in a very senior position in in the sort of spaces that he talks about yeah and yeah and that does you know that is that is intriguing you know it's it wasn't yeah. long before I think I think the book came out two or three years before he died something like that you know and mm. he was kind of he was I think he was doing his memoirs like I said, one mm. of the and then mm. he realized actually there's a whole new book I could do, which is specifically about this topic. Yeah. Which was one part yeah. of what he did for his, I mean, he was in the military for years, but one part of what he did. Um, it's... And, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> you, you can't, 
you can't kind of square it off. And that, it's, I, that's, that's why it's such an interesting uh, book. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. It's, you, what, it, what's your it, it's 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 amazing because because the fact that he was writing the memoirs, he just thought, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, let's, let's I mean, let's go and write a book about that. For me, for me, oh yeah, I mean, lasers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, the, like the day after Roswell probably was just a, a second afterthought, but um, but maybe I, I imagine people that are in those spaces, you know, within the you know military space or you know very much within that sort of um, career. Chances are you tend to you tend to think about these things differently, and 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 obviously you take certain oaths, and you know you follow orders and whatnot, and, and to kind of reveal things must go against quite a lot of experience, DNA, sort of ways of thinking, you know, ingrained behaviours. So so th- that that might have been the reason why he didn't kind of you know why it, why it came as a secondary thought. But what I I remember seeing a video that um, the guys on uh, on Weaponized showed. Um, and um, I think it was it was George Knapp, and um, he was talking about an interview that he did um, with Corso, and 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 it shot within I think kind of a, a minivan because um, he didn't want to talk about this stuff in front of his family because I, I think I think maybe there was a family a bit freaked out by it, and um, they'd like they had many chats with him about about this to kind of record it and verify it, um, and 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 he talks about meeting. Um, the aliens and about what they look like but specifically in the book he does he does talk about the bodies he does and i know we did say this is probably more te- you know about technology but he does talk about the bodies and about how he has a theory about it doesn't he he has a theory about the bodies what they are um and why they look the way they look do you mm. remember that part or mm. yeah no i do recall that part yeah because yeah. um because um he talks very much about the design of of the body so obviously big head very small body but what they could tell um the 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 anatomy was you know that there was nowhere where there's nowhere for waste to come out there was no um digestion you know capability so obviously um the, the you know what what would the being eat what would the what, you know how would the being expend kind of waste, um, and there was a theory about how the the being had absorbed what it needed to and, and extracted what it needed to through its pores, but but very much um, how he felt that the actual body was more like a an android, how it was very much a specific creature designed by another species to travel in space because particularly with the long the long journeys um obviously sustenance and, and things like that are quite important but if a being doesn't need that and also he mentioned that the heart was a lot was a lot bigger than the human heart which meant that it it was able to beat a little bit slower and therefore for longer periods of time for patches of time that would actually benefit the the creature and he talks about also the, the the thin the thin membrane that covered the entire body. There was like a thin membrane that that kind of um, a bit like a jumpsuit, and and how that could be kind of a protective suit for the um, the being that actually that's protected against any sort of radiation or um, anything that that they could experience within within the craft as they were traveling um, across space. But it was very interesting because it's the first time I 
I heard that, but it made a lot of sense. And I think, um, you know, the bit, the big eyes, you know, the small mouth, obviously there were a lot more around navigating the equipment. It wasn't so much that they needed to communicate with each other. They were given a specific purpose and therefore they were designed with that purpose in mind. So that, I thought that was quite interesting. First yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a few um, different folks who've talked before about this. You know, the kind of, that kind of grey alien concept. You know, this we're mm, talking about mm. what, what is well yeah. known as a kind of type of, of alien, if you like. You know, the kind of yeah, um, three yeah. to four foot tall, large, large head, kind of almond shaped eyes, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, the kind of yeah. culturally um, portrayed alien if, if i'm honest and coming out of the 57 heinz variations and all that other stuff of the different <laughs> aliens and galactic federation <laughs> i love that whole, i love that the whole yeah. different different session which we'll do soon um mm-hmm. let's just focus in on this type so you know if you look at um babies particularly mammalian babies they tend to have larger eyes they tend to have you know kind of smaller features and things like that and there's a there is a theory that you know these representations be them you know sort of cyborg or whatever they are you know some sort of um um partly biologics partly biological partly maybe not um maybe engineered yeah engineers to kind of kind of look friendly to us yeah because you know if we look at a baby a baby's got large larger eyes proportionally for the body to the body you know it doesn't have three fingers or four fingers or whatever it is anyway but um there's an interesting concept in that whole thing. And I, I think yeah. the, the jumpsuit bit, um, again, we've come across a few times where it might be, you know, that, that they're wearing something that is maybe protecting them from the radiation of the, the craft that they're mm. in or what have you. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he, he talks about opening a crate. Um, yeah. Somewhere in Nevada, I think it is. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Is. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, seeing it suspended animation it. within this when this little doesn't it. he? Where yeah. he, op- he opens it up and then and then he sees that and and it, and, and this is very early on in his career and then he and he kind of you know was was, was shocked and awed in, in awe about it and then he obviously I remember him him talking about how he how he kind of put that to the back of his mind and then all of a sudden later on well, you know later on in his career and cycled back to it that he then had introduced to this cabinet where all this stuff was, which he'd actually been present um, and, and been, been around, you know, particularly when it was first retrieved. And, um, yeah, just, just very interesting. But I, I, um, I particularly, whenever I think of crash retrievals as well, I mean, I know that the book has been the primary you know, discussion point and, 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 you know, if you're interested in the topic, it's definitely worth a read. You know, it really does open the scope because, Corso also looks at it from a, a national security point of view. You know, the last book we were talking about was about security information, what's the truth, you know, what's actually going on. Colonel Corso looks at it from a with a military mind and very much protection of our of, of our planet and how we were laugh, you know, laughably so inept against this potential enemy. Um and maybe that's that, that's the way he viewed it, but very much was to try and prepare us to be ready in the future. And, and that was one of the primary motivations, I believe, for um, integrating the tech, because then we would be more capable to defend ourselves um, from any sort of attack or any sort of um, infringement or uh, aggressive, you know, aggression from, from these, from these species. But um, 
Matt, that's a fantastic segue into the Star Wars project. Is that what you were going to talk about yeah. next? Well, I, I wasn't going to, but I mean, by all means, you know, because he talks about that as well, doesn't he? Yeah, there's there's a rather difficult to swallow concept that <laughs> the whole <laughs> there's no but, Jedi in this, is there? So it's no. just a... um, the whole the whole of a Cold War uh, was basically um, an opportunity for. Um, the planet to defend itself against potential threats from space um, mm. and, you know, um, kind of shoveling in money to projects, um, things like the Star Wars project under Reagan and, yeah. and onwards and so on, and equivalent things in, that were going on in Russia. Um, there was all a, actually a cover um, for div- for trying to reverse engineer technology to, to kind of, mm. you know, develop these things like these direct energy weapons or lasers or whatever it yeah. was that would mean that if we were you know, attacked uh, by some some other intelligences mm. that we'd be able to defend the planet. That that's a difficult pill to swallow for many reasons. But I mean, anybody yeah. who's involved in the Cold War, think about all the people that died in various wars. That were, you know, really yeah. complex across the world. And it's 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 could it, you really it, keep it, that secret that it actually it's all for this good? Or I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a big question. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, you know. Sometimes I I I I read this I read this stuff or I or I, I listen to you know podcasts and I, and I watch videos about all these fantastic things and my initial you know sometimes my initial response is wow you know absolutely because the the, the stretching of 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 or I suppose the reaching of what they're trying to say is in my view a lot closer whereas the ones where you really see people reaching. And pushing it quite far out um, are the are the are the theories or the thoughts that I think get a lot more kind of mm, really. I mean, even even by people like me and you. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> could be, well, could not. I mean, either, again, we, he's we, either right or he's wrong. You know, well, well exactly. Got to exactly. Ask a, but, but, and there are a few people ask the question: like, why would somebody put something in, into a book that before they died that was you know going to be their legacy if it was bullshit, basically? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, completely. But um, particularly when you know when we're talking about crash retrieval, I suppose the last so there's two more things I wanted to kind of mention. Really, two different topics. I think um, as the whole Bob Lazar um hanger experience, you know, particularly when he's on. I remember seeing him with Joe Rogan. He talks about um the hangar where you know they would keep the craft that he was working on, and he recalls one day where he um, was walking through that hangar and this hangar was actually a really large hangar, but there were integrated walls um, that could be raised or lowered um, to make them into, into several individual hangars. And he talks about one day he was walking through there and every single shutter was up and he could see all the way down. And there was, um, I can't remember the exact number, but there was a multitude of different crafts that he could see, all different designs, all different um, sizes, all different um, shapes, and, and and even and even materials. You know, some some had like a like a, a bit more of a shiny glazed um, surface, whereas some were a lot more you know, square or right angle or um, you know dull. You know, and 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 and, and I and I thought that was. That was quite amazing because a lot of what Lazar is saying has said 
particularly the scanner he used to use, you know, the, the scan his hand and how that's been legitimised. And actually, a lot of what he said has has been proven to be true. And the fact there were so many different designs. I mean, you and I have said on the previous um, podcast about, you know, like the jellyfish, you know, what's that about? But there must be so many. And maybe this links into another discussion about that, you know, federation of intergalactic, you know, consortium of, of, of aliens. I don't know. We, we'll get into that later. But I think having seen all these ones retrieved and the comment that's made is that some of them are recovered from archaeological digs. Wow. And yeah. for me, yeah. that for me, that just blows my mind. The fact that these things have been in the ground for maybe a couple of thousand years and the tech we still can't figure out. And yet these things have been here and they've been discovered. And that, because we talk about Roswell as kind of the, 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 the first main incident. And again, Grush is talking maybe like 1930s. And again, maybe he's not authorised to say anything before that. But, you know, it, it just, I mean, I tend to believe that. I tend to believe that these things have been around forever. And actually, you know, the stuff we're pulling out of the ground is just proof of that and how how far behind we are with that, really. But, I, I, yeah, I, I just find that fascinating. Yeah, there's the, a the whole, you know, the, the whole Book of Enoch um, stuff around <laughs> yeah. the Wheels yeah. within wheels, and if you mm. you know you read that story and interpretation of that story, it sounds like a, mm. an encounter with um, with kind of a UFO or you know non human intelligence technology technology was well beyond the people that were mm. were, were mm. observing it at the time. But I'm, I think this is probably a two parter. But uh, I'm going to start moving into based off a segue that Matt provided very kindly um, the kind of archaeological stuff and the pre-Roswell stuff so everyone everyone talks about Uh, Roswell just as Matt said I don't want to repeat what he said but Roswell's such a big important date and it's such a big important time and 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 Corso focuses on that time forward you know in his book really um but there's another one that's come to light recently and has been reinforced by some Italian investigators and also David Grush actually which is the 1933 Magenta incident which was a mm. uh, uh, a UFO that crashed uh, outside of Lombardy in '33, and Mussolini put out a you know a kind of lock on journalists discussing this, and they didn't know what to do mm. with it, and they kind of collected the the the, the crashed um, craft and, and everything else. And then towards the end of uh, World War Two, I think '44 was when the Americans came in, and then there was a conversation between them, obviously. Uh, Higher ups and uh, and the Italian higher ups, and it was like, okay, we're going to take stuff away and we'll investigate it. Mm. So that's well, you know, well in advance of uh, of Roswell, um, but actually, that well may well be a you know a, a kind of partial craft that had some stuff that was potentially reverse engineerable. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. an interesting conversation. And I just want to talk about a couple more of these. Um, so, um, so Jaime Shed in his book. Um, which came out, I think, in 2020, which which missed a lot of people. He's he he's been in a senior position in the Israeli um, sort of defense force. He ran the space program. He's, I think, now in his you know in his nineties, and he just kind of kind of came out and said, "Look, two big things you need to know: there's a Galactic Federation of, of aliens, which we're going to talk about on different shows. Yeah, 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 yeah." Um, and then also, you know, yeah, we've been in contact with them and we've had like, all these retrievals. And in the epilogue 
uh, bearing in mind this book is only um, published in Hebrew, but it's been translated in the epilogue. He talks about three main retrievals, which I think are, you know, relevant to what, what our conversation is about right now. Yeah, so I'll talk about them quickly. Completely. First yeah. one is a, uh, is one that was um, carbon dated in the Grand Canyon in the US. Carbon dated to 200 BC. Um, so uh, that was that was found. Uh, there were many cave paintings in the area of, um, you know, folks who looked a little bit different to humans. Um, yeah, which, you know, yeah, maybe maybe something. The second one was um, more recent. It was following World War Two in Kiev. So um, it was a uh, eighteen to twenty foot um, shape arrow-like, but also cylindrical. So the kind of uh, thinking here was it's maybe something that was broken off of a maybe a large craft. It was a bit of a strange shape. Um, This, they thought it might have been part of a missile um, because of that, because of the fact that it had some sort of fins on it, but it was also a cylinder. But apparently um, it carbon dated back to 300 to 5,000 years ago. and what's interesting here is, yes. as he says, um, this conversation had been had in the 1800s and had been documented in the 1800s by the oh. mayor by the mayor of Kiev. He oh. said, back then they couldn't get it out of the ground, so they basically left it and they just thought, okay, we will not, won't talk about this anymore. So that kind of came back out when we got the technology to, be able to do that. And then the um, oh, and, and in that there were there were two seats. In a kind of cockpit, for would they were too small for adult humans, but maybe four feet tall, you know, um, bodies. Yeah. And Jeez. on the on the dashboard, if you like, in front of them were was like a, an ancient Sanskrit language. So that's all pretty crazy. And Honestly, third, yeah. Sorry. Third one, I'll tell you the third one quickly, Max. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, the third one was in nineteen sixty eight. So okay. this is this is all Chaim Meshed, right? Saying this, all translated from his epilogue in his twenty twenty book, which anyone could go by. In nineteen sixty eight, in Timmersdorf, um, which is in Germany near the Soviet border, there was a disc crashed, one hundred feet in diameter. There were twelve bodies inside of it. A third of it was stuck in the ground. Um, the the bodies were grey in colour. Um, they had no seem to have no reproductive organs, digestive or um, excretion systems, mm. exactly as you yeah. were saying earlier about yeah, the yeah. Oswald yeah. incident. Yeah. Um, and then it was taken in six different parts. It was transferred to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. And that's a whole new uh, conversation about Wright-Patterson Jeez. Air Force Base. That's where yeah, we yeah. Oh, man, honestly. It, it, it just... There's so many ways you can go with this. You know, you look at any sort of historical or even religious texts and and, and and overtones of that and particularly cave paintings, you know, ancient ancient structures. And there's so many ways you can go with this because, it, it, it you know, this, this stuff is true. The impact or, or, or the, I suppose, the the... The strings that could have been pulled, particularly with our development or even our the inception of the human race, is just astounding. And, and maybe this is one of those things that where people are listening, going, "Yeah, whatever," you know. But but I'm reaching. You know, it is a reach, but you don't know. 
I think I think um, it it it's it, yeah it, it, it's very much what we talked about and 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 that whole FLZ. Are we in a farm? Are we in a lab? Or are we in a zoo? And maybe we're one of those three. Mm. Maybe we are, you know, here at the behest of something else and and slowly progressing. And but um, I suppose really the last thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up, um, from my point of view, and I'm not trying to scurry along, Andy, but I just uh, just thought I'd mention this. Um, there was um, there's a recent um, report about a retrieval. So. And the actual organization was mentioned. So Lockheed Martin was mentioned um, as an organization who particularly got involved with um, trying to reverse engineer and get old tech working and reproduce it. And for many years, they they were very much, we can't get it to work, we can't get it to work. Um, but it, it seems to have come to light they, they they were able to at least partially or somehow get it to work because it turns out that um Lockheed Martin were testing this vehicle and flying it around. And when you talk about crash retrieval, what happened in this instant, it was cited that this this craft designed and built by Lockheed Martin had crashed. Now, given that this was a possibility and eventuality, they, they had ready to go their own crash retrieval unit, so a Lockheed Martin crash retrieval unit. And this this report talks about an incident where the Lockheed Martin craft crashes. The, the Lockheed Martin crash retrieval unit go in to retrieve it. But unbeknownst to them, the government are tracking this thing, thinking it's a UFO. They see it go down. The government send in their, their crash retrieval unit. And lo and behold, because both units, there was an issue with identification and obviously they're not going to put it in massive you know, neon letters who they are, there was a firefight. And actually the two crash retrieval teams, they had to have casualties. So they ended up killing a few members on each team. And um, and apparently, you know, these crash retrieval units were vying to to recover this technology. And I, I just thought that was phenomenal, the fact that that sort of stuff's going on. So it's not even just about which country gets the tech. It's also about which corporation and which uh, organization. It's it's just just mad, isn't it? Yeah, it really is yeah. mad. It's scary that if you silo information that much or stealth pipe information that yeah. much and use a you know similar expression, it's that um people who shouldn't be in a position of harm end up end up being in that. And that's just that's that yeah, needs to stop. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah that, uh, I mean and you know, we've only got a couple of minutes left on this podcast, but you know, what we haven't talked about is what reverse engineering of of non-human intelligence technology should be because it shouldn't mm. just be something that you know keeps large industrial corporates you know um, uh, in, in in a position of authority with the governments mm. of any mm. country it should be something mm. that benefits everybody you know so if you've got like laser technology that we we don't have that is fantastic for surgery why aren't we all privy to that yeah. you know why aren't exactly. people who you know have who can well why is this information locked away fundamentally mm. it be given yeah. to the world as a whole and i think that's one of the biggest problems that's mm. going to come out with disclosure that is probably secondary okay. to the first one which will be why is why are the people who we put in or in a position of authority lying to us and have been lying yeah. to us consistently right yeah absolutely yeah 
Um, and then secondly, why are, why are they you know not providing this information out so we can use this? I mean, what, what a classic one would be: you hear stories, and and I, I heard this on a, on a weaponized podcast. Right, there's a guy. I'm not going to name the guy, but he mentioned that like Boeing might have a black triangle. You hear a lot about the large yeah. scale, yeah. large shaped black triangle UFOs uh, that can take people to the moon and back. Right. So, like, well, what is Elon Musk doing with SpaceX? Like, why are we well, ex- so well, 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 exactly. trying to get to space exactly. if we've got the technology oh, that we can already use and give that money to people who are homeless and and whatever else? Right. It's just it's a game changer in the way that we think it, about com- allocation completely. funds. And, and and you're spot on. This is not just about the you know obviously it's confirming you know the truth of this big question: Are we alone? But the implication of that is so wide-reaching. Um, you know, it, it, there's no part of part of our culture that would not be affected by that. And I think um, you know Bob Lazar summed it up really well when he when he was interviewed. He was talking about how you know if you've got two people working on a problem and they can't get anywhere. Because of the compartmentalization, true scientific study and innovation, creativity requires collective groups of people to come together and work on a problem. And actually, by doing it this way, we are holding ourselves back by not putting it out there. We would make much more progression with these things if we were if the research and the work was done more openly, because you'd get people with different ideas and actually it may have been solved by now, but that's the problem with it, isn't it? It's very much closed. It's secret. It's, it's behind closed. And, and therefore the ability to, 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 to make best use of these things and move forward with it is, is hindered so, so drastically, isn't it? But, um, yeah. but I think, um, I think that brings us, so this is a long one, by the way. So we should have told you this at the start, really, but uh, disclaimer, this is one of the longer ones, but, but there, there may be some shorter ones and some longer ones um, in store for you. But um from my point of view, it's been it's been a blast. Another another good conversation with you, Andy. And um, yeah, thanks to the listeners. And um, you know, again, check out our other episodes. And from from my point of view, it's it's uh, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, like likewise. Um, uh, this is such a big topic, and we're going to cover it. Mm. I'm sure again in the future with maybe hopefully new information and and maybe different angles. But look, um, anybody who has ideas about what we can cover or questions or or concerns or whatever, anything relating to what we're Absolutely. doing. Just let us know. Um, so you know, um, hopefully we can uh, we can keep yeah. your interest for the next next podcast. Definitely get in touch and tell us what you think of the Star Wars as well. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Matt. Thanks, everyone. Bye, See you later. Bye.